Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Be Your Own Muse podcast. I'm your host, Katherine Skinner-Her, and we challenge the norm here in this podcast. So if you're really feeling tired of the stagnant, boring, old, same old, um, I just want to say that you're in the right place. I have countless stories on here of people who have broken free of some type of of a situation, stereotype, limitation, and are here to tell you what's on the other side of the void. Um, the void is real, and sometimes we absolutely just need a, a guide to get us on the other side. If you have dabbled in or dove in both feet first in your own spiritual journey, your own intuition, your own um, personal development journey, or what have you, um, you know that there's a squeeze where you go through the initial excitement and then you're like, oh wait, what? This is actually, actually terrifying. Um, I really feel that having a guide, a mentor of some sort who's on the other side of it, who can help you um, maybe condense that time, make it less painful, less long, um, or keep you from giving up too. Um, very, 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 very crucial. And that's what this podcast is all about. So if you're going through that squeeze where you're like, oh, there's, oh shoot, there's a, a void that I'm in. And then you're looking for all these external resources outside of you to get you to the other side. And then once you're on the other side, you're like, oh my gosh, it was in me all along. Nobody did anything for me. I mean, I had guys and I, you know, I think it's good to, uh, to attribute them to your success and thank them and what have you. Um, But I think the best way to do that is to give back to the next person maybe. And think about how many people in their life like step into a void, maybe when they're like coming around their Saturn turn. So it's like between the ages of 25 and 30, around that area, maybe even later in life, maybe even earlier, um, or whenever you're kind kind of coming into like a crucial time in your life, um, and you, you feel like you've stepped into a void. You feel like, you know, I don't feel that joy anymore. I don't feel that sense of purpose anymore. I don't feel that like connection to something bigger than me anymore. And they just stay there. Like I, I, I heard Shaman Makosi, if you're familiar with her, um, she's at the Royal Shaman on Instagram. She said once that about only 1% of people who incarnate into the physical form in this life get out of the void. The other 99% of people just kind of stay there. And that makes me sad. Um, so the Be Your Own Muse podcast is for the people who are not the 99%. Um, they are interested in getting out of the creative um, doldrums, getting out of the the stagnation, but also at the same time, like honoring that and like, let's, let's uh, light a candle, pour a drink and let's kind of party. I mean, while we're here, because I know personally that I've been in the void for years at a time. Um, I escaped it briefly in 2018. I really felt this like definitive, definitiveness of purpose is how Napoleon Hill puts this, this, this clarity, the opposite of definitive, definitiveness of purpose as Napoleon Hill puts it is drifting. And this is from his book, um, Outwitting the Devil, which I highly recommend that you do. If you're feeling like stagnant and like, Meh, what's the point? Like reading I actually recommend you listen to the audiobook, actually, but whatever suits your fancy. Um, uh, reading the book um, Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. That really, really, really put things into perspective to, for me. So I got out of the void in 2018 and I really felt like, guys, like, oh my gosh, your limitations really are in your mind. And I was so obnoxious to my friends and family and coworkers because I really just felt super, super clarity. Um, and then after that, I started to honor more the phases of the creative journey. How, yes, there is the, the peak of clarity and the rewards and the harvest, but there's also like going into the void, going into self-doubt, um, the, the universe or the ego or whatever really resonates with you, um, takes us through a journey. And I want to segue that into introducing our, our uh, guest today, um, Michelle the Mystic is a intuitive soul coach. She helps women embody and reclaim their innate feminine power, pleasure, and prosperity. And um, I would I would be so bold as to say that people who are in the void, if you're feeling in the void, there's a huge option, chance, that you are just disconnected from your innate feminine power, pleasure, and prosperity. Um, so Michelle definitely is somebody who embodies being on the other side of the void, absolutely. Um, but also, I mean, you won't hear her say that there's 
that's it. You know, there's only celebration, but there's actual phases of it. And she tells a couple stories that are very interesting. I love this conversation. I, I had a really great time getting to know her. Um, she also has her own podcast called Soul Over Matter, which is recent. I think she had just recently released it at the time of this interview. So if you want to get to know her more, um, I highly recommend um, following her on Instagram at Michelle period the period mystic or following her podcast Soul Over Matter, Matter podcast. Um, but anyway, <laughs> um, I'll have you listen to her, her story and just um, get a feel for it for yourself. So thank you so much for being here. If you haven't already subscribed um, or followed on Instagram at Be Your Own Muse, the podcast, please do so. And I always love your feedback. Um, you can tag me in any takeaways at Funky Aphrodite on Instagram. You can follow me there. Whatever floats your boat. I'm just so grateful you're here. I love your takeaways. It really just gives me all the satisfaction in the world. Um, all right. Well, without further ado, let me share with you this gorgeous conversation that I had with Michelle. So Michelle, one of my, <laughs> that's like new. It is. It really is. And it, it scares me every time. So Michelle, um, you mentioned recently on your Instagram that Instagram is boring you. And I love that. First of all, real quick, I'm just going to say that I absolutely resonate with that. Um, and you tied it into doing what feels good, doing what feels good in our bodies and um, following our light, which I know is very much what you you uh promote um and embody can you talk a little bit about instagram boring you we'll just kind of start there <laughs> yes yeah so who i am a person who has learned over the last few years to really sit with myself and sit with what feels good and discern with also what doesn't feel good and as a creator, right, you're also a creator and many of you listening are creators. When we are creating, we are doing it from joy, right? We are doing it from, there's no end goal. It just feels good. And we are, it's purposeful to us. And I feel like with Instagram lately, and I was ignoring the nudges for a while. I was ignoring that, that soul voice of, of, we got to take a break. Like, come on, let's take a break. And I just kept getting frustrated. I just kept showing up and not feeling that feel good feeling in my body. I was just like, this is not like I'm showing up because I feel like I have to. And when I feel like I have to do something, I got to stop it. Right. Because work gets to be fun. Creating gets to be fun. So that's, that was a realization over last weekend where I just was like, I get to take a break from this because this is not lighting me up anymore. This is not bringing me joy. And this is my permission slip to do what feels good. And I feel like that's also what you know, I'm here to show others as well, like do what feels good, do what feels inspiring to you. Don't do it because X, Y, and Z told you to do it, or don't do it because it's popular or where the clients are or where, you know, the money is. It's like, do what feels good and the rest will follow. So yeah, I was just getting really bored. I was like, this is too restricting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You, you mentioned, um, how you spent your entire life as many of us have, I believe, um, getting out of boxes. And then Instagram just felt like literally another box. I mean, how can you contain your essence in a square with a certain limiting amount of captions? Um, not to mention, I, I feel the crackdown of censorship on mm -hmm. Facebook and Instagram. And at first when people started talking about censorship, I was like, well, I don't really have anything spicy to say. Like, I'm not really like promoting any type of violence or anything like that. Um, until I personally, I felt like uh, my posts weren't being seen. Um, and I was just, I, it was, it was like a creeping fear that was coming up was like something I say, like, this is going to be the thing that gets me censored. I have had friends who, who have gotten removed from Instagram for their platform, for not really even promoting anything, but for being in tune with their bodies and um, what have you. So my follow-up question to that is what, 
how do you know if something feels good or boring? How, how do you know how that feels? How does that feel? Yeah, that, that was a, a question for a long time in my life where I didn't know, right? Because like what you said is that we have, especially women, men too, but especially women, we have been put in so many boxes, right? Of being too fat or too skinny or too much makeup or not enough makeup. Like there's always that extreme Mm -hmm. in our society. And it's like, fuck all of that. Like (laughs) be you, but so many of us don't know how to be ourselves because we've been told who we are. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So finding out what feels good is a journey, right? It's, it's not always so black and white to be like, okay, this feels good because finding out what feels good means you get to sit with your shit, right? You get to sit with yourself and sit with what, what's gone on in your life, right? Growing up, high school, you know, your twenties, like all of that molds who you are, whether you're aware of it or not, right. The subconscious mind is always there in your, you know, telling you things or I think 95% of our day is ruled by our subconscious, right? So we are on this autopilot. So finding out what feels good, it's almost like this peaceful for me and this might also be different depending on how you receive energy but for me it's this feeling in my body it's literally a physical feeling of lightness of um joy almost this like warmth comes over me mm-hmm. and my body reacts to that right and when something doesn't feel good my body retracts mm-hmm. right you know you can even do this is a great exercise to do of like saying something that is true for you and saying it out loud and see how it feels in your body. Right. And then say something that's not true for you. Mm -hmm. See how it feels in your body and begin doing that with different hobbies or activities and see how your body, because our bodies are so intelligent, Mm -hmm. which is a whole nother topic. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, that's, that's where it started for me of like, am I doing this because of expectations or am I doing this because I want to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How does it feel in your body? Can you describe the feeling when something um, is something you do not want to do? Like it, it is not in alignment. What would you describe that feeling? Ooh, I feel really closed off. Like my shoulders kind of mm-hmm. go in. I, I feel icky. I feel um, almost like the slimy feeling mm-hmm. to my body. Like my stomach kind of retracts and, I just don't even want to look at it. Yeah. And then it's like just like that's that 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 feeling of just Yeah, it's Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. It's um yeah, just disgust. Disgust. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um can you distinguish that feeling between something that you might be afraid to do? You know you want to do but is mm-hmm. societally scary or unacceptable or just something you've never done before. Can you distinguish those two feelings or um yeah, those two presences in your Ooh, body? That's such a good question. So I feel like this ties into right that fear, that ego fear and then like intuition, right? So like our fear, if we feel somewhat excited about something, we can also feel scary, right? We can feel excited and scary. I feel like if there's excitement there, then that's, that's your soul calling you to do something, right? And you could feel scared shitless, uh-huh. but if you have this like excitement or something that keeps popping up in your field, cause I'm a firm believer in signs, uh-huh. like people ask you about it or you keep seeing it or you keep hearing about it or you pass strangers on the street and they're talking about it, you know, yeah. that's like, Ooh, I'm afraid to fucking do this, but it's kind of exciting, uh-huh. which is different than being so like retracted from it, Uh right? So 
oh, that doesn't feel good. Like that doesn't feel good. I don't have any excitement in here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would say like, if there's, I would, um, in my personal experience, if there's adrenaline, then it might be, and you're not in immediate danger. I mean, obviously like you're not about to cross the street. There's not a bear anywhere around, but there's (laughs) adrenaline. That means like fight or flight. It means like get up and do something. So, um, I know I've been personally, um, felt excited to try something and there's adrenaline and how can you, but the fear is like, no, sit down. Don't do that. Don't, don't go. Um, whereas something that's not in alignment for me, um, for me, it feels like I just put on an itchy sweater. Like I feel itchy. I feel like, ugh. like I don't want to move. I don't want to stretch kind of like what you said about this retraction, but I literally feel like my skin is itchy when I'm just like bored to death or I'm, I'm not where I, when you know, there's somewhere else that you would be doing so much better work. Um, it feels like someone put on an, a tight itchy sweater and I just like, can I please take this off? Um, what is an example? Because what you just said is freaking fascinating. Um, what is an example of a time that you were in your excitement and your fear and you did the thing or what action did you take from that space? Hmm. Yeah, it was the beginning of this, of my journey of, of kind of coming back home to myself. I received a download in my sleep. I woke up in the middle of the night. This was March of 2019 and woke up in the middle of the night and just grabbed my journal because I was having a dream of holding a women's circle. And I wrote down like, I'm going to do this and do that. And I'm going to bring this and I'm going to invite women this way, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, then, you know, I got excited. Cause I was like, this sounds fun. This sounds cool. <laughs> but then ego came in and was like, who are you to do this? You don't know anyone. I was living in San Francisco at the time. We'd only been there for six months. So I think I knew two women. Mm-hmm. And so those thoughts came in of, no one's going to show up, you know, all this thing, all these things, but that excitement or just that into right. That excitement, that intuition was there of, I got to do this. Uh I'm scared and I got to do this. So I, a lot of times we are able to, if we can transmute that fear into excitement, right. Transmute that fear into doing it anyway. And I sat on my living room floor. And I said out loud to the universe, like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to hold a women's circle in a month and it's going to be amazing. And I started like feeling into how it would feel. And yeah, the butterflies came up and I, I was scared, but I found a local library and I messaged all the women I did know. And I also just gave it over to the universe. Like I just gave it over to, to a higher, like whatever you believe in the universe, spirit, your higher self, it doesn't matter. Energy, it doesn't matter what you call it, but remembering that we have support, right? So when we give ourselves over to something we trust and we say like this, this is going to happen and I'm letting go of control. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I had 13 women show up. <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask you like, how did that, how did that turn out? That's amazing. Um, do you know where they came from? Or I know that doesn't really matter like how, but how did word get around or kind of what, 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 <laughs> right? Like who were these 13 women? Yeah. So some of them were, I created a meetup, I think at the time, Um, I posted on my Facebook. So anyone that knew anyone in San Francisco and I think on my Instagram too, Mm -hmm. I was still pretty new on my Instagram. I think I'd only had it for seven months or six months, but yeah, there were just women that were like, yeah, I I found you through meetup. And and now some of those women are my best friends, Mm -hmm. my soul sisters in my women's membership. So it's, looking back, which I've been doing a lot lately, maybe it's a retrograde energy. It's like, wow, where did I start? Right. Where did that fear turn into excitement? Like, where did I do something that was so out of my comfort zone 
and yeah, I've been holding women's circles now for over two years, every month. Cool. Wow. Okay. Where do you hold, <laughs> hold them? Um, like, wh- what do they look like? Where do you hold them? So because of COVID, I haven't had an in-person one since last February. So right before COVID hit. Um, so right now it's, everything's virtual. Um, but when we were, I'm now in Colorado, but when we were in San Francisco, I held them at the library a few times. And then I met a dear soul sister and she opened up her work for me, like her work, her loft space for these, um, for these circles. So it was literally the middle of downtown San Francisco, which I feel was also so, symbolic right because we are doing energy work we're shifting we're setting intentions in the middle of such a linear space right like sf is all technology it's all you know working and and the grind so yeah and i i've been getting the hint of like okay we gotta we gotta do in person again yeah yeah absolutely i know um women's circles that's one of the things that I've hosted one before because I had somebody helping me and I already had a community kind of to tap into um, when I used to live in Washington, DC. And I'm sure if you know, you're living, you having lived in San Francisco are aware of what it feels like to live in such a big city. Uh, it can feel incredibly isolating, especially if you're not tapped into the, the, the grind grid. Like you don't go to a nine to five job every day. Like you're just kind of at home trying with your crystals, trying to like <laughs> build coaching business and like, everyone else is like, got to get my coffee. You got to go to my nine to five. And it was just like really hard to tap into. Um, but my dream is to host. I mean, my husband is also very, uh, he's a very hospitable person. And like, our dream is to have like regular events. And, um, last night we went to like a backyard, tiny concert in someone's backyard. And like these hosts were just so incredibly gracious to just have us. And like, we danced and we just like circled up and just felt energy and like, it was just freaking amazing. But that kind of leads me to my next question is I know that I have um, a lot of worthiness and like rejection wounds to deal with that. Um, I remember my husband and I threw a party. It was just like a memorial day, like a summer party. Um, and one person showed up and I remember it affecting my husband, his, his like self-esteem. It, it, he didn't really talk about it, but I knew it did. Um, and for me, I know from experience, that's something that's held me back in my, my business a lot is like this fear of rejection. Um, and I know that you talk a lot about worthiness and, um, enoughness. And, um, I I think for, for anyone to kind of dive into their intuition and chase their, like chase their dreams, to put it lightly, um, to follow those little intuitive nudges, because chasing your dreams sounds huge, (laughs) but to follow those tiny little intuitive nudges, like you said, listening to the signs, um, pursuing like that one thing that seems simple and not too much to ask, like hosting woman's circle. Um, but I think so many of us, myself included, get stopped at a certain point. We're like, Oh, we we can't, we can't. Um, I know how it feels in my body and I'm prefacing this with a question. (laughs) Um, I know how it feels in my body when there's like fear and I'm like, like I get gridlock, like there's a adrenaline, but I'm like stuck. So where does worthiness and enoughness um, come into play when it comes to following your intuition? Mm, beautiful question. Yes. Whew. So a lot of times our fear comes from, like you said, that rejection, right? That we have that battle between our soul, which is like, yeah, this is a great, like, this is amazing. This is your path. And then our ego is like, no, who are you? Mm -hmm. Right. Like, who are you to do that? But a lot of times our, I mean, our ego is, is an aspect of who we are, right. It's meant to be there. But a lot of times that ego is trying to keep us safe and no one has grown in their safety, right? No one has grown in their comfort zone. So a lot of times that ego is also voices of times when we were a child right? And we were shot down for something. We were shot down for our expression, or we were shot down for a paper we wrote, or we were shot down for standing up for ourselves, right? So that fear of rejection, that fear of worthiness, it's coming from a place that is true. It's coming from a place in your body, right? Because our bodies hold 
energy from those traumatic experiences and those traumatic experiences trauma doesn't have to be like i was sexually abused or i mean it is that but it's also when your best friend you know pushed you down in the playground at five years old like that's trauma right or someone verbally telling you something right to not undermine those feelings in your body but to sit with them right not ignore them but to sit with them and say like is this fear still serving me mm-hmm. is this fear of rejection still serving me to keep me safe or do i get to release this mm-hmm. i love that because um personally as from a from a personal personal perspective i moved around a lot as a kid um and i was always safe like nothing dangerous quote unquote happened but that meant that there was this repeated cycle of being in a room and everybody looking at me and being like who is she i think she's blah 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 oh my god she's so blah 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 do we like her let's let's wait and find out and then this cycle of proving like hey guys i'm cool like i know i know what's cool and just like this cycle of proving um and for the longest time i didn't seek any help or any intuitive guidance or anything like that because there was no quote unquote trauma. It's like, it's just, it's, it's bullying. It's what everybody deals with. There's no big deal until I started my business. And anytime I did anything new, anytime I had a launch, anytime I reached out to a client, it was like the cycle of proving. Um, and it wasn't until I really started to realize what you said that it's still significant or even, um, watching my sister, how she dealt with the constant moving was she became very defensive of, of, of herself. So I was in a cycle of proving like, I'm cool. Who wants to be my friend? Like I always wanted to be the popular kid. And I wanted, I wanted to be like, who do I need to be for you to like me? And my sister became very defensive. So she decided she didn't like everyone first. That was kind of her defense cycle. And overhearing her speak poorly about the people in the room, like, oh, well, she's stupid anyway, or she, her backpack is dumb. Just like hearing that, Mm -hmm. that is in my subconscious mind so deeply. So there's this like simultaneous, like desire to be loved by everybody around me while also thinking they're inferior to me as a defense mechanism. And that just caused all sorts of dis, uh, dis-ease in me, (laughs) like discomfort, dis-flow, is that a word? Lack of flow. Um, because there's a conflict, like there's this demonization, but also things don't flow. So I love that you brought up that trauma isn't necessarily this like thing that makes the headlines of the news, but rather like who is in your head. Um, And for me, my sister was in my head a lot and people who were looking at me and whispering and like they're in my head and all those kinds of things. Um, So I I love that you mentioned that. Um, How can you tie you know, the, the, the quote unquote minuscule trauma, the things that we don't really think are trauma, but they are being bullied, being, like you said, being shoved by your friend when you were five, that's significant. I mean, (laughs) um, how would you tie that to art and creation, any type of creation, like connecting minuscule trauma to now not making art? Mm. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that personal story. It's, it's always coming to the root of things, right? For me personally, I've learned along this journey and I love how you said like once you started your business, right? Cause that's where a lot of that stuff from our childhood comes up, right? To be remembered, to be felt and then to be healed and transmuted into our business, into our creations. And I feel like a lot of artists and it's so funny because for so long, I didn't think I was creative. I grew up, I didn't know how to sing. I didn't know how to dance. I didn't know how to paint. I didn't, you know, all the things that we think of as creative linearly, Uh right? But along this path of being an entrepreneur, of putting myself out there, of doing the things that light me up, I've realized that for me, I, the things I've gone through in my life, I'm meant to talk about. I meant to share, to not show others, but to allow others to share their stories, to remember that these lessons 
right? Your lesson of moving a lot as a child, my lesson of being really quiet all of, <laughs> all of school years, like before school started, I was a social butterfly. And then once I got to kindergarten, my mom's like, yeah, you, you were very shy. You kind of shut down and going through those lessons and seeing that they're not negative experiences, but that we are meant to go through them to, to go through different um, transformations in our life, right? And that happens as art, right? I think every artist, no matter if you're a painter, if you're a singer, if, I mean, think of all the songs people have written, right? It's usually from pain or from big events in their lives, like big emotions. And it doesn't matter if you're listening, it doesn't matter what your avenue is, but everything is shaping us, right? And to not always see things as black and white. I used to be a very serious black and white person Uh where just, I took life so seriously. And now it's like, what's the point? Like everything is meant to happen. Everything in our path. was here because if not, you and I wouldn't be speaking right. Right. Like you and we wouldn't be meeting the people that we meet. We wouldn't be doing the things that we're doing unless we had all of those experiences up until this point. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Um, so thank you for sharing. Um, something that you mentioned, um, is giving the love that we deserve, like that we give out. Um, how, how can you tell, or what does it look like for somebody to give love that they won't give themselves? Hmm. I always, I think it's a, again, a trauma response, Mm -hmm. right? When we are putting ourselves externally out there, Mm -hmm. right? And I spent a lot of my twenties not knowing who I was. I think most of us do. Mm -hmm. Um, but just externally looking outside of myself, right? In relationships, in partnerships, in friendships, in grad school, you know, all the things. But deep down, I was very rebellious. Like, what is this? Like, (laughs) it makes no sense. But when we put ourselves, put others before ourselves through love, through whatever it is, we're just extending our energy outside of ourselves Mm -hmm. and at the end of the day on this journey of life if we don't have that self-love what's the point Mm -hmm. right if we don't pour into our own cup and this has been a lifelong journey for me it's still Mm -hmm. happening yeah um you know coming from like codependency and just like you said, that approval of others of how do they think of me or doing things or that are misaligned, you know, misaligned with who we are at our core. So it's interesting because once you begin going internally and going through the shadow work and going through the healing and giving yourself that love, you naturally want to share it with others. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what does it look like for somebody to, or if you can share a personal example or whatever resonates, um, a personal example of what it looks like in the burnout cycle from giving love to everybody and not yourself. Where's the actual danger there? Oof. Yeah. You're just depleted, right? You're so, you don't even know who you are. Mm -hmm. And I think, especially as women, we are taught to be the caretakers, right? We are taught, and I don't know about you, but I came from a maternal lineage where women were immigrants and they were always doing, I mean, my mom, my grandma, like always doing, always working, always putting love into everyone else and taking care of everyone else, which is great. Mm-hmm. but you get to be selfish. Like I'm a big component, mm-hmm. big advocate of being selfish and actually shifting the energy behind that word mm-hmm. because being selfish 
you know, self-care isn't selfish. It's, it's the best thing you can actually do for yourself. So when we are not doing things that light us up or taking care of our, our, our bodies, our mind, our soul, we resent the people around us. We're quick to trigger. We're quick to be triggered. We're quick to react. We're angry. We are in that victim. Why, you know, why isn't anyone doing it for me? Uh, and it's like, well, you're not doing it for yourself. Uh, and it's a process, uh-huh. right? Because most of us did not have models of self-love. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so not everybody knows this about me because I don't talk about it a lot, but my, uh, my mom is an immigrant. Um, and I kind of grew up thinking like, oh, this is normal. Like, this is what everybody deals with. This is kind of like how everybody's mom is. But then I realized now, like as a adult post spiritual awakening during the pandemic, I spent a lot of time with my mom and it would constantly trigger me all the time about how she was so ready to give up anything for somebody else um and then be in burnout and be like why isn't anybody helping me or why is you know where is this going and then now i realize like it would upset me so much because one i didn't want my inner child to hear that like it's okay you're safe you don't need to (laughs) you know don't don't worry mom's upset but it's okay um and two it triggered me because there was still that cycle within me of um and I mean, your parents don't have to be immigrants to, to go through this. No. <laughs> yeah, because I've, I've also seen this otherwise as well. Um, but still, I didn't realize like how much of a problem it was for me until actually last night, a little personal um, story was I was at a, a, a backyard, like little tiny concert. Um, and this artist, the singer, uh, her name is Breathe the Light. She's a small independent singer. Um, she was singing and she just shared her vulnerable raw soul. She sung songs about um, depression and her spiritual awakening. And she just really, of course, shared her heart with the audience. And I went up to her afterwards and I said, what you just did is, has been my dream since I was a little girl. Like, and she was like, oh, come on. Like, you know, there's only like 50 people in the audience. And I was like, I don't even care if it's for like two people. Like, it's just been my dream since I was a little girl to learn how to play guitar, sing a song that I wrote and just share my soul in that way. Um, and she was telling, she was asking me a couple questions. We were chit chatting and I was telling her that it's my living to help artists with mental blocks, help artists kind of expand and feel inspired and like rewire their subconscious mind. And she was saying like, I don't think you're dealing with a mental block. I think you just need to give the love that you give everybody else to yourself. Mm. And like, and I was thinking, like, I really felt like she spoke to my soul there because um, you know, the love of learning how to play guitar. Cause I don't really know. I mean, I started at one point and then I kind of fell off because I don't know, I was just afraid. Um, and, um, learning how to play guitar, writing a song, messing up, trying again, being imperfect in front of an audience. And that's when I realized like, oh, that's what it looks like. Like love doesn't just mean, um, bubble baths or whatever, like self-love has become such like a marketing movement, which I think is beautiful. I mean, give yourself the precious things that you want, but, um, so, um, I'm, I'm curious if you have any examples or any kind of expansion on what does it mean to love yourself in a way that's deeper than maybe most people would understand or would see in their day-to-day lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I love that because yeah, it's not just bubble baths and massages, it's boundaries, uh-huh. right? So many of us grew up not knowing what boundaries were. And when we set boundaries, especially after COVID, right? Because of COVID, every a lot of people have been working from home, right? A lot of there's such a big blurred space between work and home uh-huh. that people just think you're always available. I mean, I think it's calmed down a little bit, but I remember yeah. that mental health, like it really affecting people's mental health because in this society, we're always expected to be on, uh-huh. right? We're always expected to respond. And if we don't respond, then someone's like, oh, you're mad at me. And it's just like, no, I'm actually respecting my boundary. I'm not looking at my phone or I read your message and 
you know, maybe I'll send you a message tomorrow, right? It's coming back to honoring your boundaries and what are your boundaries, right? All of our boundaries are different. Mm -hmm. There are some people that need a lot of alone time. They need a lot of unplugged time. They need a lot of nature. They need to shut off their phone, you know, every other day, like whatever it is, but boundaries are huge saying no without an explanation. Mm -hmm. I am definitely a former, I'm sorry, I couldn't do this because X, Y, and Z, Mm -hmm. right? The excuses are just having to explain ourselves. Mm -hmm. Like where did that start, right? Of having to explain ourselves or having to give a reason for doing something that didn't feel good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's, that's where self-love comes in. And I always say to clients or, or to anyone that asks, like, self-love is also doing the things that brought you joy as a child, mm-hmm. right? And I call them soul-warming activities, or I mean, as an adult too, like for me, it's putting on jazz music and having like a nice warm cup of coffee. Like I have chills as I say that, like, it's just Ooh, like, or going to a coffee shop, right. And feeling the ambiance of maybe people are working, maybe people are creating, you know, just that's so joyful to me. And that's Mm self-love and it's different for everyone. Right. But I I think boundaries are so important. And I always say the people that that don't respect your boundaries are usually the ones that didn't didn't even know, like never respected your boundaries almost. Right. Yeah. Like they're, they're benefiting from you having none. Yes. Um, that was a hard lesson for me to learn. Cause I always like to be, like I said earlier, anything that anybody wanted me to be. And sometimes that means sacrificing the self. And it wasn't until kind of like on the, as a similar side, like maybe the other side of that same coin. Um, when I started really diving deep into my spiritual awakening and kind of going like following that thread, um, I found a lot um, that I, needed or desired I don't really know where the right word is but I guess need is not inaccurate um I needed more alone time more food more joy more rest more play to to feel ready to serve my clients um I needed like yoga every day because yoga for me was that thing where I like alchemized my my pain into like I just let it out you know you 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 twist it out you sweat it out like you just you ground back down. That to me was that ritual. Um, I needed more alone time. I needed more, more like nutritious food. Like I found that my grocery bill was climbing up because I needed more produce, like more food. And, um, and it was scary. That was really, really scary to me. And I think also coming back to like the immigrant mother thing, this constant, like you're being too much, you're doing too much. This is too much. Like, do you really need this? Like that voice was in my head a lot. Mm Um, and so what you're, you're being and you're, you're, you're being here and telling these stories is definitely a beautiful confirmation that there is something on the other end of that. Um, and I find that when I take like disciplined, good care of, I mean, disciplined, like I, when I say disciplined, I mean, like you make a solid attempt to, to do so <laughs> care of yourself. Um, then, I mean, I see amazing results. I feel like I'm, uh, cleaning my energetic field and and kind of wiping it clean and just things come through. Um, So, okay. So you mentioned um, Instagram being boring, which I think is on point because everything you said at the beginning about Instagram um, not being fun for you, like I had those exact same thoughts and I went through a period where I was like, oh, I just need to have better branding or better hashtags, which are true sometimes, but um, cause I used to be a social media manager for spiritual entrepreneurs and I don't do that anymore, but I just kind of brought on my social media manager hat and was like, do all these things first. But at the end of the day, if it doesn't let you up, it doesn't let you up. And I'm actually finding so much more traction personally on TikTok and YouTube. That's like kind of where I'm going. And that was, I've gotten confirmation that that was the right thing to do so far. So I'm curious if not Instagram, like where else are you going or where are you gravitating your energy? Hmm. Yeah. So I started a podcast a few weeks ago and that has been on my radar for over two years. And I love what you said. That's the fear, right? The fear of perfection of like, 
unless it's perfect, but there is no perfect, perfect, perfect is an illusion. I, I just never took that aligned action, right? Because again, creative ideas, we can have so many creative ideas, but unless we take that aligned action, they stay in our ideas or someone else picks up that idea. I actually, okay, so, really quickly, I learned this crazy, yeah. this like, this, this thing, I can't remember, but I was like deep in the algorithm of spiritual TikTok and I watched somebody who said that according to like numerology like he studies numerology i don't remember he said it really quickly but he said if you have an idea and it's in your head you have three days is it like the magical number three to take action on it before it it bounces off to someone else's collective consciousness and like because all ideas are in our collective consciousness and they're kind of floating around to whoever's ready to receive them um, so that's why when you meditate, sometimes you come up with a really good idea because you're, or you're in the shower because you're not being like infiltrated with other things to do and you're ready. The idea downloads to you. So three days is like apparently the magic number. Or when I heard that, I was like, wow, <laughs> that's enough time to like phone a friend and say, can I do this? I need to be hyped up. Talk to your coach, like bounce it off, write a bunch of things down and then take some form of external action. So love that you mentioned that not to cut you off, but even just writing that down, right? Like getting it out of your head and just setting an intention of, Hey, I'm going to write a podcast one day, right? Or, Hey, I'm going to write a book one day or whatever it is, but just getting it out of your head or again, like telling a friend, telling someone. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so that's where, so I started that a few weeks ago and I know that my voice is here to help others. Like I, and I think that's why Instagram is just not, I'll, I'll still show up every now and then, but unless I'm inspired, I won't be on it. And so with my podcast, I feel like the audience who is coming to this podcast, I just feel it in my channel. Mm -hmm. They're ready to hear those messages, right? It's, and spirit's been telling me like, come on, like, let's go. So I just did it. I just did the damn thing. Fear, you know, afraid anyway, but excited. So that's definitely where my energy is feeling inspired, where it's feeling activated as well. And I still have a Facebook group um, where I still do some live videos and just live more live videos. I feel like Instagram. Yes, you could do IG lives. I did them for years. Yeah. I did videos, but it also kind of gets lost. Yeah. Right. Podcasts. It's evergreen. It's people like binging on them. Like it's, it's always there. It's not a post from five years ago that now no one's ever going to see. Not to say that people always need to see your stuff, but I just, yeah, I feel my energy going more towards putting it into my podcast. Mm -hmm. Also, um, well, first of all, love that because you definitely have a voice and you definitely have a lot to share. But also, um, I used to do just every day a Facebook Live. Like, that's kind of like how I built my business, which is a great way to confront yourself with fears that you might have. Like, absolutely. Um, even if you don't think anybody will see it or anything like that, it's just a good way to like, face your fears, which I'm always a rec recommend. Um, but I remember people, a couple people were saying like, um, you know, is there any way that I can have the audio file to your Facebook live? Because I want to listen to it while I'm driving or I want to listen to it while I'm cooking or, um, whatever I, I, or like, you know, people would be watching my Facebook lives, but they wouldn't be commenting or participating, but they would be getting lots of value out of it. And so I was like, well, let's give the people what they want. And I love what you said about evergreen too, because, um, I, I think I started my podcast almost two years ago. Oh my gosh. Almost two years ago. Uh, the fall of, of 2019. Um, so wow. Um, and <laughs> there were some episodes where I was just like talking and I was like, nobody is listening. Like who cares? Like I'm just rambling and blah, blah, blah. And then people find my podcast throughout the years and they start at the first episode. And they're like, wow, it gave me a lot of value. And I'm like, I don't even remember what I said. And I'm probably embarrassed because, oh my gosh, the first podcast episode. But I think that's just a sign that you're growing and it's a great archive to have. Also not keeping your beautiful channeled content on Instagram only. <laughs> uh, I think Instagram is there to support us, but not to 
hold us. So I love that you mentioned that. Um, so I will definitely include the details to your podcast in the show notes. Um, and I'm curious about, uh, you said that you still host women's circles. Can you uh, talk a little bit about that and what that looks like? Yeah. So I have over the years, I love what you said about growing because I've listened to some of my old meditations and, and videos from when I first started this out. I'm like, wow, look at little Michelle, you know, just yeah. like <laughs> look at her much girl. love yeah. <laughs> um, and honoring her, right. Honoring every step of our journey because it was meant to happen that way. Mm-hmm. And we're all here. We're all like doing what we're supposed to be doing. And it's, um, yeah. So my women's circles have expanded where I have created, I created a membership. So last April, it had been one year since my women's circles. And that's kind of when COVID had began, I created the sisterhood. So this is my women's monthly membership. It's all virtual and we hold Uh, moon circles. So we hold full moon and new moon circles Mm -hmm. virtually. um, And they're bi-weekly since the moon moves every, every day, but the full and new moon are every other week. And the circles are usually 90 minutes and I do a lot of channeling. I am a medium. So I do a lot of channeling for collective energy as well as sound bath healing as well as Reiki meditation it, it and we talk about the moon energy we talk about the signs and we also vent and share uh-huh. so as anything right when anything grows when anything pivots and, sh- and shifts these circles these ceremonies are so much more than just talking about the moon they are talking about someone's breakup, right? They are talking about someone's depression. They are talking about someone feeling really shitty, right? Or going through something big in their lives. So especially I feel like with COVID, it's a safe, sacred space for women to just be. Hmm. And I really honor myself for, for being that channel, for helping create a, a space where women can feel at home on first in first, you know, Zoom, in first virtual room and, and just be able to share whatever, whatever's on their hearts. So yeah, those, those circles are part of, of my, my membership. And then I do, I have a portal online of meditations, of um, channeled messages, of, you know, topics that I talk about, because I, I really just, love diving deep into anything spiritual (laughs) or consciousness related. Yeah. It's so crucial too. And I found that, um, to kind of integrate, uh, spirituality with creativity, um, like the, the action of creating the art and promoting the art and, you know, networking and what have you. And spirituality was that when you infuse spirituality into your creativity, you're able to, like, I think of um, actually a a totem that I received when I was meditating on this was the grasshopper. Because Mm -hmm. when you infuse um, spirituality with creativity, you're able to hop over tall grass. I think that's like my interpretation of the message I got of the grasshopper was you hop over tall grass. Like you don't need to crawl through all the weeds forever. You can make huge leaps and bounds over tall grass. Um, also spirituality allows us this beautiful avenue to not, um, create our art only from pain. That's like a huge thing I'm hearing a lot is that, uh, my best work came from heartbreak. My best work came from, uh, you know, th- I needed to suffer in order to create this beautiful thing. Um, and that is just a huge misconception that I didn't understand until I started integrating the work that you you're yet you are just so uh graciously bringing to the world for artists and creators and um people of of all kinds um so where can people um find you like where do you prefer people to find you and um get into your world yeah so i have a free facebook group called soul over matter that i post videos i post meditations um, and I also have my podcast, also the same name, Soul Over Matter, mm-hmm. as well as, I mean, I'm still on Instagram. I didn't delete it, right. but you can follow me at, <laughs> at michelle.the.mystic. 
and also email you the power within at gmail.com if you have a question if you just want to chat or have a um i i do uh one-on-one -on -one coaching as well and i have different group programs that circulate um so yeah it's those are the different the different ways of of connecting yeah well, you're definitely a testament to the magic that can happen in a space that you can hold when you take care of yourself because that's definitely a lesson that i have been like rebounding back and forth with is like to to honor yourself as a, as a mystic and like how would a mystic take care of themselves and what can you bring back to your community um so my second to last question is what is a ritual or mantra i'm sure you have many but i'm curious of what is like one ritual mantra habit that reminds you who you are mm, being in nature uh -huh. so yeah. either sitting on a blanket in my backyard going for a walk with my dog just being in nature is our it's zero point frequency right which is the the frequency of our heart it's a frequency of our soul so when we're out in nature we are reminded that we are nature uh -huh. right yeah. we don't have again, the boxes of our house, of our apartment, whatever, to kind of mute that, that energy, that frequency. So when I am outside, I feel at home. I feel at home with the animals, with the land, with the ancestors, with just spirit, with myself. So nature hands down is, is my number one. That's a pretty good one as far as habits go. Um, okay. So my last question, first impression, kind of like gut intuitive instinct, what does be your own muse mean to you? Mm, beautiful. Whew. Being your own muse is being your biggest cheerleader, right? It's doing things because again, they feel good, not for the outcome, not for who's going to hear this, who's going to see this, or, oh shit, who's going to hear this? Who's going to see this? Creating and, and doing things because it inspires you. Because you are feeling, um, you're feeling this call to it, right? And a lot of these things don't make any sense to us, to our human brains, but a lot of them are actually memories of, of past lives, which is a whole nother topic, but are usually the things that come naturally to you or that you're naturally gravitated towards are the things that you're really just good at uh -huh. or just that you're remembering. And when you're your own muse, you, yeah, you're your biggest cheerleader because it doesn't matter what the outside world thinks. It doesn't matter what your friends or your family or the stranger on the street thinks because you're doing it from your soul. You're doing it from this place that isn't meant to be understood. There's no logic. Yeah, I love that you brought up like no logic because um, I think someone asked me in a Q&A once, like what does be your own muse mean? And I'm like, see, I'm trying to figure that out myself. <laughs> <laughs> I've shared this story before, um, but I, uh, a few years ago I was meditating and the, the phrase be your own muse came to mind. And I was like, be your own muse, what does that mean? What does that mean? Like, what? Like, I was just trying to think like, what, what's going on here? Like, what does that mean? And then throughout this unfolding, I mean, like I've dedicated since then, I mean, it's been three years, I've dedicated since then to being the channel to answer that question. And so sometimes I'm like, I don't know. Um, but <laughs> um, but I love that you put that, like, it, it's a feeling that you get, you'll know it and it doesn't necessarily make logical sense um so it's just a feeling that you get that i really hope to inspire and hold space for um so i want to thank you again for being here um, i will put all the details of how to find you and your podcast and all things in the show notes um if you want to learn if you want to learn more i highly recommend that you dive into michelle's world uh, thank you michelle so much for being here i really appreciate you thank you so much katie it was such a great conversation so many good, so many good juicy topics. I agree. I agree. So anything that you, the listener took away from this, just embody it, sit with it, breathe into it and share just a little stardust of that with a friend. So thank you.
So before I let you go completely, um, first of all, thank you, Michelle, the mystic for such a gorgeous, enlightening conversation. Um, I want to mention a couple of people asked me about um, the doors to own muse where art thou my signature five day program. I actually closed the doors to it um, because I feel like something even bigger is ready to be created through me. I'm going to revamp a couple things. I'm going to make it only better. Everybody who purchased a seat to it will be locked into that rate forever. Um, and anybody else who who, sign, who signs up later, um, you will be given full access as well. Um, but of course, anybody who invested earlier at the lower rate, um, you get to be in there for free. So essentially what happened was I had paused um, enrollment because I felt like, you know what, something needs to change. I really felt deeply in my intuition that something new was coming up for me. Um, and I wanted to make it bigger and I wanted to expand on it. So I'm going to take a risk and follow through with that um, and see what what's going on there. <laughs> and, 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 um, I will let you guys know how it works and how, how it works out. I'm actually about to move in like six days. I'm moving from Las Vegas to a secret location that I will disclose later. Some of you guys know already, but anyway, um, I just want to let you know that I'm pausing enrollment on that and we will continue later. But for now, that's it. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in with me. I'm so grateful and I never take any download for granted. Anytime I check my analytics and see the number even increase just by one, by one listener, I, I, I just, I'm so grateful for that. If you want to help this podcast grow any further, please like, share, subscribe, maybe tell a friend about it, share this episode with somebody who needs to hear this. I'm so, so grateful that there's even anybody out there listening and it's just really makes my day. So thank you so much for listening and I hope that you have an awesome day.